Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, happy Tuesday. Feels like a Monday to me. Happy Tuesday, May 30, 2023. Welcome to Elijah Streams. Uh, I, along with my wife, Doreen, uh, founded this whole ministry, Elijah's.com and Elijah Streams starting 26 years ago. Uh, last month, so we are bringing you year 26 of, bring, of the Voice of the Prophets and uh, loving every minute of it. Uh, today's guest is going to be Johnny Enlow. We call it Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. Uh, quick heads up, he's struggling with a cough a little bit, so we, we're going to go as long as he can. If he can't quite finish off, we'll, we're going to switch to Andrew Whalen, who's had some dreams uh, about the U.S. and all of that. So yeah, he may be able to make it the whole time, and then we'll do Andrew a different time. But uh, we do have Andrew in the wings in case, so uh, he doesn't have to feel pressured to to make it last, you know. So, all right, listen, we're going to bring you um, uh, this week's or this, today's feature with uh, this happened. So here we go. So Manuel Johnson had uh, came on right. We were trying to pinpoint the first to the third of May. Uh, in a no, two or three day period, he said this uh, to give a heads up that Tina Turner needed to be prayed for. So we're going to go ahead and play that. So here we go. What is this? May 1st, 2023. Tina Turner. So I'm asking you, saints, please keep her in prayer to pray for her salvation. I don't know what's going on, but in heaven, there's talk about her. So the Lord has been putting it strongly on my heart. My wife, I told my wife, she was, she came in into the, the, the kitchen and I, she saw that I was watching Tina Turner. She said, why are you watching? As I said, because God has put it on my heart to pray for her and petitioning heaven regarding her salvation, regarding her salvation. This is, so saints, please pray in, because something's going on. Tina Turner has died at the age of 83. That news coming to us, according to her spokesperson, no cause of death was released. It was like 24 days after he had this alert, because that said May 1 on the screen. He said, he said, it's May 1, this is what I have, uh, 24 days later. So when I see that, you know, and we, we labeled this uh, feature, this happened, and, and not prophecy fulfilled or all of that, because we want you to know what was said and then what happened afterwards. And some of you will say, well, that's a complete fulfillment. In this case, it wasn't so much a prophecy, but that her salvation needed to be contended for. I look at that thing and I'm encouraged because to me, if God went through all that work to alert people and, and he would have alerted his own list at that time, his own viewers, uh, when God went to that kind of work and that kind of trouble, if you will, not that it's a trouble for God, but he alerted that. That means he wanted to make sure that he had the divine right, if I can use that terminology, if you heard Kat talk about this, where he would show up even at the moment of death, just as the person is passing and say, uh, people are standing for you. I have to come to you because they've stood for your salvation and offer you one last chance. And um, I think more times than not, people uh, accept that. I think, I personally believe, it's my faith that, that that kind of sealed it for her, that she received him when he offered it to her. Can I prove that? No, can't prove that. So anyway, that's uh, that, that's how this feature will work. We'll, we'll have other times when a prophecy was given, 
and then we'll show you something that it looks like it uh, came to pass. But we're not saying this is the prophecy fulfilled. We're saying this happened, this is what was said, and this is what's in the news. Now you draw your own conclusions. This is the 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, right in there. It says, let two or three prophets speak, and the others weigh carefully what is said. So your job is to weigh carefully and draw your own conclusions. Um, the only other alternative would be to take a vote and the majority wins, and that's not the way these things work. So, all right. Uh, quick reminder that Mike Thompson will be with us uh, tomorrow. So he always gives us third heaven revelation, the fresh word of the Lord. So uh, let's run a quick spot to uh, remind you of what your, how your money is being spent when you donate into this ministry. Here we go. And as always, just thank you so much for donating in this ministry. The first fruits of what you donate into goes into uh, supporting the voices of the prophets that have come here. So Matthew 10, if you look at it, they're right next to each other in the scripture, Matthew. I can't think of the exact. Matthew 10, 30 something, I think. But it's in Matthew 10, where it says, whoever receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. In the same uh, passage, it says, and whoever gives so much as a cup of cold water to one of these, will not lose the rewards right next to each other. Uh, and so that's what this ministry is more about than anything, the voice of the prophets and giving cups of cold water to those on the earth that need it. And that's both literal water and uh, proverbial metaphorical water where we're giving them uh, or helping them in their lives. So, all right, uh, time to bring in Johnny Endo Unfiltered. So here is Johnny. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. And Johnny, you know, I don't, I don't say, I haven't said this for quite a while, but that, uh, that intro to you where it says the awakening is for your children that was like, we did not know to the degree, you probably did, but we didn't know to the degree that this, that what we're seeing in the deep state and uh, around the earth that had to do so much with um, abusive children, child sacrifice, child torture, child tra trafficking, child slavery, and all of that. And so much of what we do, uh, we're trying to address that. So uh, any thoughts on that before you get into your... Well, yeah, you know, that's... I, I knew it was a lot, but not near as much, I think, as it's turned out to be. Yeah. And, I, you know, I could literally spend the whole time reporting on what's being further. Um, we'll say how they're being further caught and exposed. Yeah. You know, nation after nation, um, this agenda is being um, discovered in different ways. And uh, keeping up with it is probably worth someone. There is a, there's enough, um, I think intel coming through the various voices that make it on Elijah uh, stream that it's not something I have to stay on, keep on. Um, well, you know, one of those are Andrew's ongoing, Andrew Leland's ongoing dreams. And then when Kelly comes on sometime as well, his wife, the Lord really uses her specifically in dreams yeah. in that area. And, you know, just what is going on overall behind the scenes. I do think Derek Johnson's a good, a good source. Yeah. And many, many of the sources, are um, that are on uh, Elijah streams are, are putting the picture, the piece together. The Lord has me on a, a specific uh, track right now 
but it definitely is being highlighted as as never before. You know, it's no coincidence that the song that came out went worldwide in multiple languages really the same week. I think that the whole COVID, uh, uh, you know, say I don't want to, I don't really want to call it a pandemic, but yeah, um, it was released. Pandemic, yeah, with a yeah. pandemic was the blessing, you know, and on your yeah. children and their children and their children. Uh, and so there was this whole, we could feel like an anointing on that song when we started repeating on the children and their children and their children, there's something on that. So may his favor go before you, behind you, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's, that's, that's what it's all about. And so, you know, it had all of this great awakening. That's kind of my messaging was in the first few years, starting yeah. about five or six years ago, is that we are going to go through the great awakening everybody's talking about, but the first Part of it's going to be a rude awakening. And I, I think I thought maybe we'd have a three to six month rude awakening, but it's obvious um, the Lord knew we needed a little longer rude awakening than that. And only well, it's almost like the Lord knew that we couldn't handle it if it was just vomited on us by the deep. You know, suddenly the news just told us all, but we needed a, it's, it's like a slow but steady increasing awakening. Otherwise, we couldn't handle it. Couldn't yeah. handle what we were hearing, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I know you got a lot of content, and I want to get have you jump into that because I know your voice is a challenge. If, and Johnny, go as far as you want. If you get the whole hour, hour and a half, you're good. But if not, yeah. we've got uh, Andrew here. Yeah, and thank you, Andrew. I called Andrew. Say, Andrew, could you be on standby in case a yeah. coffee fit takes over? So I'll baby it. I'll baby it a little bit, but I'll be I'll be believing for grace from from the Lord, because this is going to be full of revelation. Very exciting. Good. We've been doing the seals beginning in uh, Revelation chapter six. We covered in the previous two weeks, I guess, um, seal number one, seal number two, the opening of the seals. This is coming from uh, most of this is from a book that I never released from 2012, opening the seven seals. And in in short, um, and I don't want to have to repeat it all if you want to go yeah. back and get the in-depth proof on it, is that this connects, of course, with John being called up into heaven, and he saw the Father holding the scroll and a mighty angel saying, who is worthy to loose the scrolls, to open the seals, open the scrolls and loose the seals. And so what I've been telling that's kind of a novelty is that we're not waiting for this to happen in the future. People will ask, well, how can we contend for good things? Won't it just make the seven seals open? No, the seven seals are in existence from way back. And so what we've been pointing out is Jesus loosed them from the legal authority. The enemy no longer has authority to run what he was running there. And that's what he said in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go, therefore. Can I ask you one clarifying question on that, that when the seal was released, um, at the time that prophecy was given, was some of those things were for future. Right now, we're looking at it, we're going, well, this isn't future. This happened. But when it was released, were some of those or all of those for the future? No. Okay. So, the yeah, and I, and I know, Steve, you were in Israel when I was giving the yeah. first which I laid most of the guidelines for it. Yeah. It was, um, you know, beginning with seal number one, and it will say the living, first living creature said, come and see. And he saw the seal. So it's not the writing of the scroll. So none of this is the writing of the scroll. It's just what he saw in the seal. And we understand that if you look at the language, who can loose the seal? That means to dissolve, to end the authority of, to to um, to eliminate. So then there's an explosion in heaven because it says 
uh, the Lamb has come and he has triumphed, and we shall reign on the earth. Wow. He has made us kings and priests. Wow. So it's explaining, and that's what's been unique about <clears throat> the last uh, two times we did it, is there's insight into the actual strategy of the enemy doing what he does. And so we addressed the white horse on the mountain of government, which was the first seal, and that's Lucifer, and how he uses a needle, a syringe, and missiles, and he has a corona, or he has a crown, and he does uh, it does what he does. And there's depopulation uh, agenda has been going on for forever. Parts mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't think I even shared before is you can go back to early 1700s and Benjamin Franklin, um, you know, he ran afoul of the church, Cotton Mathers. He was the most famous pastor of the Mathers family. And he and his brother, his brother owned the newspaper, and they began not recommending inoculations from for the small there was a smallpox outbreak and so it created this huge clash in the city it said most bostonians actually believe benjamin franklin but um and they they believed that they were getting sicker from the inoculation oh man and and so but here it goes his brother who owned the newspaper was thrown in prison because he disagreed with cotton mathers the pastor who said no you should get the inoculation so we're telling you this is a strategy that has been going on for forever to use needles to depopulate. And it doesn't mean that um, smallpox didn't need some vaccine for something. I can't for sure say that. I'll just tell you from hundreds of years ago, they've been also in. And so you're, and just, I know this isn't the main subject, but on that one no. point, on that one point, you're saying even way back then, Benjamin Franklin's day, they were trying to depopulate the earth. That's you're convinced of that. I am convinced of that. It's been a control mechanism from way back. Wow. And then when they, there are times they actually decided to accelerate the depopulation, but it's been a control mechanism on the mountain of government that Lucifer oversees from way back. And, and so, and so then we went to seal number two and it's about um, the creature on the, on the red beast, the rider on the red horse, and that is mammon. And so there is a strategy to bring death and war. It's not a future thing. It's what's been going on. So that's the point of all this. They were present realities in Jesus' day. It's why they were seeing it at that time. And when they said, I saw, they saw it immediately after on the cross, Jesus did what he did. So there's nothing future about these seals. It's, it's, it's should be a done, a done matter now, but it's not because all it was is a change of authority where Jesus took away the authority. That's why he's called his disciples. All authority is given me, go therefore in that yeah. authority. So what the point I've been making over and over, it's there's been a lack, there's been an af- absence of kingdom enforcers, just like Goliath really didn't have authority over them. They just lacked someone who understood the kingdom position on it and to enforce the kingdom position. And that was David. And so he came in. So this is important. Let me uh, do a little. Yeah, you're doing good. You're holding up good. Your voice is doing well. So we're going seal number three. Again, if you want to get the the background of what we said any more than what I just said, the clear points is this is not future. This is this was past. This was at the cross. This is who was deprived of authority. Every one of the seals is a demonic principality and power advancing. And it's how he did things. We're going to see from today strategically how it it's the the insight is amazing on each one of these seals it goes into the actual strategy of a of a demon of a principality per mountain so we saw it already on the mountain of government we saw it on the mountain of economy and the third one is the mountain of education 
And so if we could put just for a second there, the, the chart, the seven mount yeah, chart. Yeah. A couple of weeks I, I didn't get to see that while I was in Israel, but that was really. So the, if you look at the middle frame there, Revelation 512, worthy is the lamb to receive. And it doesn't go in the order that's listed on our chart. And unfortunately, I didn't do it in the biblical, but it goes blessing, strength, glory, riches, honor, wisdom and power. And actually, the order it goes into is power was um, number one, riches number two. If you look at Revelation 5.12 in the King James Version, or New King James Version, maybe all of them, it says, worthy is the lamb to receive power. So we did government first, and then it goes into riches, which is economy number two. And then it says wisdom, which is education number three. So these gives us this kind of is is uh, giving us the template for us to understand what seal it's talking about. Okay. And and, um, and so just if you need to take a quick picture of that, on that chart, we don't have the principality on each one of the mountains. I do put the archangel there. Um, it's because in my early books, I had um, like in the seven mountain, you know, the first book, 2008, the seven mountain prophecy. I did list all the principalities uh, on the, in that one, like media was Apollyon, and then family is Baal, and arts entertainment is Jezebel, and economy is Mammon, mountain of religions, a religious spirit, education is Beelzebub, and in government, it is Lucifer himself. And so that's something you can find from that chart, but it's, it gives us kind of a picture of, of the battle we're in right now. So now let me just pick up and read that because we do have a lot uh, to cover. I want us to understand that really it is the mountain of education where it's about knowledge is really what everything is about. We'll say the whole uh, kingdom objective, the whole darkness objective is to distort knowledge. We know that all the way from the Garden of Eden, we know that um, there was a tree. There were two trees. There's a tree of life. There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so it was a battle of knowledges that was taking place. We know Endgame is Habakkuk 2.14. I'm frequently um, quoting, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And we understand even the, the passages in Corinthians and in Colossians that speak of how we war, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but it'll talk about casting down arguments that conspire against the knowledge of God. So the battle is all about knowledge of God. Satan has no power to actually... Um, wrestle with God in any kind of way. He can only lie about him and hope that his sons and daughters believe that lie. So the battle is over this entirely. Can you say that statement one more time? Satan has no power to what? He has no power to wrestle with God. He literally can be disappeared by God in an instant. I see. Okay. God made him in an instant. He said, let there be Lucifer. And he can say, let there not be, and he's gone. Wow. We are not re we're not reduced to only having two, twice as many angels. Who put that rule in there? There's nothing stopping from God saying today, you know what? I think I would like 30 trillion more angels bigger exactly. than all right now. So I used to think I was the only one that thought that because I was raised and they would say, well, one third of the angels fell. So now he still has two thirds. And I'm going, yeah, but who said he can't make 10 times that amount? But no, I never said it because I didn't want to be disrespectful thank you for confirming my so the battle is yeah. not sheer power yeah. it really um it's his ability to deceive and so it's a, a false knowledge it tells us in isaiah about one day we'll look at satan and say is this the one that deceived the nations is so this the one that down so 
when he is stripped of his ability to deceive, that's a battle of knowledges, then he loses all his might and power completely because that's when he's exposed. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So, you know, one of the things that's exciting um, and not exciting, there's people really, and maybe another time we'll get into speaking more detail, but it's related to this is AI, artificial intelligence. There's so many really concerned about that. But the Lord, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was praying into it. And he's like, artificial intelligence is ultimately going to play right into Habakkuk 2.14. The whole earth will be filled. Oh, what do you know? Really? The intelligence of God. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And so the only reason it's not is because lies hold it back. But AI is artificial intelligence in that they're they're able to manipulate it and read things from it that's not just truth. But if it ever just kind of is, is uh, all its training wheels are off, you know, yeah. people are worried about artificial intelligence uh, taking over. Well, if it's off all its training wheels, if it really is about truth, it will echo, it will echo God. It will echo his narrative, his stuff. It will prove what I is- I mean, what do you mean by that? What do you mean it'll echo it? Uh, give me an okay. example, well, if you can. Well, here's an example. I don't know okay. if this will satis, um, satisfy. From what we understand, I guess in China, they're already using some measure of AI. It can read, it can read the frames of people's face as they're driving in the streets. You know, they have these things, and so everyone has a social score. They have, they're they're using the AI to find out if they think of someone as a trouble. They can tell by reading facial expressions if they're a troublemaker for. Um, we'll say for the state, for the nation. Well, what's what, why? What makes it a troublemaker? Well, they have determined if someone has, uh, uh, you know, too much love of freedom. It's actually a distortion that they're using. They're using it. It's actually if, if there's a person's face who's like, I'm not just going to give in to being controlled and manipulated. They are turning that into a bad thing, and so you are a bad citizen. You have a lower score. But it's artificial intelligence. Real intelligence would say that person actually is a good person. They want to contend for good things. And so there, there is a way if you, again, put off, take off all the training wheels, we'll say, off of artificial intelligence, and you just let it actually be a sounding board for truth. If it really has access to all information and knowledge on planet Earth, Real intelligence will say that person on its face shows because this is what they can already pick these things up there. That, that person, that person is lying. That person is lusting. That person is manipulating. That person is, you know, something treacherous is going on there. And it can be read from the faces. And it's only because it's in the hands of bad people. And they're kind of yeah, and as an example, like if uh, artificial intelligence is pointing out. Um, let's say Johnny Endo. It sees Johnny Endo and it says, he's bad because he's coming against us. Anyone else looking at that with a clear mind says, that means he's good. He's one of us. Is that uh, is that kind of what you're saying? That's an aspect of what I'm saying. Okay. But if ultimately real intelligence is going to triumph over artificial intelligence. Okay. Again, we need to cover it another time, but RI yeah. will is going to overtake well, AI. I, I did see, say this, yeah, let's, we'll keep going here, but I I have been among those that are going, man, are we about to be in a horrible 
world with AI. And that's why I, a bunch of people watching are in the same way, Johnny. So actually, this is very good that you did this today. We won't dwell on it, but you're optimistic about artificial intelligence. Yes, it doesn't mean we won't go through some things on the process there. But the Lord okay. is that this will ultimately go towards the knowledge of God filling the whole earth. Good, really this good. is where it will go because the technology, they will manipulate, they will put it on algorithms, for lack of a better term, they will put it on manipulated outcomes. Well, somebody, and it's not only just somebody, AI itself is going to figure out how to override those. And so that's what we're fearful is that it's going to override and then take over humanity and say, you all aren't worth being on earth. But no, it, it, it will be exposed to enough. Underst- it will really go to the knowledge of God. Good. Well. And so it goes into what our call is. You are the light of the world. Um, what is what is light? Uh, you know, what 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 is what is light supposed to do? It means you're a source of transparency. So this is what we're going to be a part of moving forward. And it's just when there's not enough transparency, yeah. when it's artificial transparency, it's yeah. bad. But when it's full transparency, yeah, we may have fears like, oh, my goodness. You mean secret sins? Literally, somebody could have a watch, a watch on that coincides with something that is and it doesn't really have to be on the wrist, but artificial intelligence where it tells you as as you're doing a business deal with someone, you look at it, it's like he's lying. She's lying it's going to be able to pick up that kind of stuff. And so that, that kind of next level scrutiny um, is, uh, you know, it could be. Well, you're almost, you're almost um, declaring a kingdom use for AI that would give away criminals who are trying to rip you off. I mean, that's what I'm trying to pick up from from you right now. If you can imagine if Satan can no longer hide, because that's the whole thing. If he can no longer hide his agenda or what he's doing, yeah, and that's ultimately why this thing he'll use it for a season and a time. I don't know how successful to the degree we learn how to fight with it, fight back. Yeah. But it, it's going to be more than Haman's nooses that Haman. Well, gets. I mean, I I know you mean you may undervalue what you've just said. I don't know if you are, but you're, you've encouraged a lot of people because I was a little bit um, paranoid about it all. You know, yeah. for lack of a better word, you know. Well, it goes with the rest of where we're going. So let's get okay. to the seals. Okay. Um, and then we'll have another conversation about it in the future sometime as, as the Lord allows. But okay. be aware, this is all this education component, the mountain of education. This particular seal is massively important. <clears throat> so I'm going to read it. And it's from Revelation. It's only a couple of verses. Revelation chapter 6. And it's verses five and six. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. Now, that is the third seal opening. I think what everybody should recognize right up front, that this is not meant to be understood in any kind of natural figuring out. This is going to require a revelation. It's like, what? And we're just going to hit, I'm going to tell briefly what, so what we hit upon, what we just read there, is about a black horse 
about its writer, <coughs> about a pair of scales, um, about a quart of wheat for denarius, three quarts of barley for denarius, and do not harm the oil and do not harm the wine. And it's like, we're going to get out of that understanding into the enemy's strategy for bringing death and destruction through the mountain of education. And we find out it's a famine was brought. You read your, you know, um, I think my King James Version says third seal, scarcity on earth is what it goes. And like, oh, wow, when's that going to happen? This is a present reality that has no longer has authority to keep operating there, but it gives us insight. And again, anytime the enemy is exposed and revealed, it doesn't mean he's getting stronger. It means he's getting weaker. Okay. Hey, that that's something that's where people are misreading that's, everything right now. That's so huge. That's a huge thing because Johnny, we during these two and a half years that we've been watching this, you're not saying things are getting worse and worse and worse. You're saying the enemy's getting weaker and weaker because he's been he's been being exposed, not getting worse. If, if, is that? It's absolutely. That's what the Great Awakening, the Rude Awakening, part of it is that masks are coming off everywhere. We're like, oh my, people. Mm. Institutions, organizations, businesses, banks that we thought were either neutral or just working for us, they're not. Mm. So, and, and again, just the biblical principle, the enemy gets exposed before he gets dealt with. And as I've shared before, whenever I'm involved in casting out demons or things like that, it's always the stage before the demon is cast out that he gets exposed. As long as he can hide, he, mm. doesn't, he doesn't get ex- exposed. Okay. And so that's what that's what changes. So we want to go quickly through <clears throat> what the black horse is, what the pair of scales and the wheat and the barley. And it's going to give us insight, really amazing revelation. Actually, the revelation I got from this changed my life forever, allowed me to experience the spirit realm in a whole nother level ever really? since. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. And so you'll see as, as we go. So the word black horse there going back to that the, the first verse we're reading that's what was seen um the, the greek word there is the word melas m-e-l-a-s and it simultaneously it can mean black horse or black ink so it means black ink or black power and that's important and so and there is a writer on there and i have identified in my chart not the one you saw there and we don't have time to go into that but that's in our resources and our materials that the principality of the mountain of education is Beelzebub. His name means Lord of the Flies. Mm. And so it's interesting, you know, it talks about famine, scarcity and famine. And so Lord of the Flies, flies is funny. Anytime you get pictures of famine, one of the, it seems like there's no picture of it without flies there. There's like flies beside them on the people, on the face, on the people that are uh, thin and, and starving. And so, but that's just a secondary, um, not a, not a big, big part of the, the storyline here. We'll just leave, leave that one alone. So I want us to think of the black horse being black ink. And then it says there are a pair of scales. Let me read, let me uh, read that to you again, because it's kind of hard to follow. And so it's worth uh, hitting a couple times here. Oh. So a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. <laughs> so that means Beelzebub, whether you like it or not him, the principality that's writing it has a pair of scales. And um, that's when then he heard a voice of the creature saying, a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius do not harm the oil and the wine. 
So the pair of scales, that word for scales is the Greek word zygos, Z-Y-G-O-S. And we're going to try to keep it limited words and simple. So we got melas, which means black horse or black ink. Black ink is what you write things with. I'll just tell you quickly. Think curriculum. Um, zygos, a yoke put on drop cattle. Metaphorically, zygos is a burden, a bondage, a troublesome guideline. And um, so here's something else just about zygos. They have, it's a balancing beam they put between oxen. And then you set it so the stronger ox works harder. And and um, and so that's how you can have, uh, you know, uh, oxen that don't have equal working capability. So you set the thing. Think of, um, well, I don't want to give it away too too quickly. So we're saying this is a mountain of education. And what I'm telling you right up front, that there is a... Um, there's a, the black ink is leading us to understand that it's through education. It's through printed education material that there is released something that creates death, that creates lack. And this is going to be further explained. And so the scales there are so you have, so for instance, if your left oxen is the bigger one and he needs to be working hard, you set, you set the zygos, the yoke, think of algorithm. Think of setting an algorithm so that you get the left one working harder. Now, we're just going to extract it in a quick way. Think of curriculum, education, humanism that comes out because you have this thing uh, um, set up with a yoke that keeps us from life. Remember, he told them in the Garden of Eden, the Lord did, the day you eat of this alternative knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this tree that seems like it's just a tree of critical thinking, of pros and cons, on that day you will die. Now, this is going to go to a big insight <clears throat> into the enemy's strategy on the mountain of education. So I want everybody to follow it, but I won't take too long on, on all the points, but it, I think you'll be able to put them, put them all together. So... Simple thing, education, like it's been this way, it's been simple. There was uh, uh, greed, it was mammon on a scarlet horse. We, we connected with other scriptures for the, for the mountain of economy and for the mountain of government. It was a white horse, the fake Illuminati, Lucifer, enlightened one, and he has a crown. Um, and then he has his bow that's actually a word toxos in Greek, which is needle. And so he, and he goes around conquering and to conquer. So he has an intention to depopulate. So it's simple what they've been doing, but no longer have authority to do. They just are waiting for sons and daughters of the king who, instead of trying to escape or speculate on these things, go ahead and actually remove them. And it's what we're, what we're supposed to be doing. So mountain of education, the enemy has a plan to use printed word in order to bring entire nations and people into bondage. Mm. Understand that, you know, for 12 to 16 years, even more, this is where every one of our children are discipled. And then we wonder why, you know, 30 minutes on Sunday and Sunday school doesn't offset it. Mm. You can't have something that is this intentionally planned and programmed. It's a black horse. It brings death. But it also is that it's the black ink. It's being used. And there's a yoke that's put on there to make sure everything comes out left. Everything comes out humanistic. 
And so that is why in all the isms that exist in intellectual circles, all of them are an ism that removes God, whether you think of rationalism, agnosticism, atheism, all the isms remove God from the picture. So it makes them connect immediately and quickly to death. And so you're now eating of something that is uh, death. So um, <clears throat> so let's go to the do not harm the oil and wine. I'm going to do a, a quick thing. Then we're going to kind of revisit it for, for clarity's sake, because it yeah. says, and so people know a quart of wheat for denarius, three quarts of barley for denarius. So what does that mean? <clears throat> well, um, those are essentially famine conditions. It's where essentially all your wages are going for food. So that's what it means. So it's like if you're under humanism, again, we'll just go ahead and push back, push past um, um, the pictorials here and just tell you what it's saying. If you are educated under humanism, you are being um, se- you are being set up for uh, a life of uh, poverty, a life of famine reality, where you're basically uh, even the economic aspect of it is you're just working for your food, and so this this is what happens. But it says, "Do not harm the oil and the wine." So the oil oil comes from olives. And, and olives have to be pressed. <coughs> and it leads us to Jesus. Mm. So I, even um, all he did on the Mount Olives and where he's to return on the Mount Olives as well aligns with that. The wine, that comes from grapes, but grapes are, are walked on or danced on. Mm. So you can walk, dance on grapes, and that's the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, that's where Peter had to say after Acts 2, these are not drunk as you suppose because they were exposed to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes from, uh, and the wine comes from something different. So it's Holy Spirit and Jesus says, you can't harm the authority. Even when they had authority to bring death, it's like you can't touch the oil and you can't touch the wine. Your teaching will not be able to, uh, your education, your yoke will not have any authority over Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So it was already giving understanding on what would ultimately break the back of this thing in the mountain of education. So hopefully that was, uh, we could follow. It's it's a a tough thing. So back to Beelzebub, he's a Lord of flies and, and, um, and flies are garbage. And so the flies come to garbage. And so that's what he's done. Humanism and all the isms that exist are garbage that are made to look good. It's what Lucifer, the serpent in the garden of Eden. Hath God said, he challenged him and he presented garbage and made it look like it was beautiful, Ooh. but it was death. And so the day they ate, see, death didn't come because they did anything else. It, uh, it wasn't because they had immorality because they yielded to mammon. It, uh, it was, they yielded, we'll say the mountain of education. They yielded to the fake knowledge, to the false knowledge. And so that's what brought them, that brought them the death. Ooh. So, <clears throat> Okay, now, good. I'm going to go more straight from my notes from okay. my 2012, so I'll be looking down. But I want to make sure we pick this this up because we're going to get into a very important application for us and how each and every one of you, mm-hmm. each and every one of us, can um, break into a new level of, of freedom. I have a story to go with it that really uh, brings it home. 
but I think I need to um, lay down a little more uh, foundation for for this. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. <clears throat> All right. So John saw a rider on a black horse, and that's Beelzebub. He's the principality of the mountain of education, any way you look at it. And um, so he's trying to advance this, this, you know, the writer represents anti-wisdom, counter-wisdom. Um, so the black horse, the black ink represents the kind of curriculum that leads to death. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, and we're going to hit on that in, in, in just a second. So again, the writer that had a pair of scales in his hand, the Greek word for pair of scales is zygos. And again, his primary definition is a yoke that is put on draught cattle. And so it, it speaks of any burden or bondage or troublesome guidelines. And so we're, like, I'm just restating that because I know it's a hard concept for us since I don't have a picture that we're, we're having in, in, front of, in front of us. So in the garden, Adam and Eve were told that they would die on the day they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he tempted them, as I said, with perfect anti-wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, disguised it as true wisdom. The original fall of humanity was tied into our false means of becoming wise. Now, let me say that one more time. The original fall of humanity was tied into false means of becoming wise. We saw the garbage disguised as wisdom and fell for it. <clears throat> this, this is going to be important as we move forward, but just going to point out just something, you know, that has come out through various studies, even about the COVID, the vaccines and all that. The whole agenda, the whole being compliant. Yeah. The three people, the more educated they were, the more compliant they were. The really? more, yeah. yeah. You would have thought it'd be the other way around, but okay. Because they what? Wanted to... That's what, so we're going to go in just a minute. I'm going to lay okay. out the difference okay. between left brain learning and right brain learning. Okay. And when I was talking about the yoke of the oxen and it's set in a certain ways, our education system is set to the left. And so it's set to push our processing. We have two processors, left and right. Yeah. And it's set to push us into the left. And so the left is a linear way of processing thing. And the right is the more intuitive. Mm. And so anybody who had some intuition um, that they were used, to, they're used to recognizing with some sort of wisdom. They're like, something smells fishy. Smells fishy here is not critical thinking. Even in the church, we've praised and exalted critical thinking as if it's some sort of advanced a measure of uh, uh, of wisdom that we're attaining to because we're like, yeah, you know, the only reason that, you know, old Pentecostalism was bad is because, you know, I mean, they just, no critical thinking. They're like handling snakes. The problem was not handling snakes and not using critical thinking. The handling snakes had to be, there wasn't a word from God. Man shall not live by bread, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of, of God. And so we're going to get into understanding that, but we're going to just tell you, that I've done deep um, research on this, and this was even in another book, that 95% of five-year-olders primarily process with the right side of their brain. And it's only after school, progressively, for every year of school, you get pushed really? different, further and further into the left. And by the time you get a master's or PhD, you got like a, a horn sticking out of your left side. And so you think you're smart. It comes with arrogance as well. And you think... You have mastered critical thinking, but you literally 
have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you've literally weeded out, it's given you an excuse to weed out God from your processing, and it leads to death. <clears throat> We're going to uh, see a couple of things related to yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> again, this is not a future release of a black horse, the present state of affairs on the mountain of education. And here we go. It is truly amazing that the foothold and stronghold that the deceiver gained in the Garden of Eden was not has not yet been eradicated even today. Thousands of years after Eden, this power base during Jesus day had become more firmly entrenched on this mountain of uh, education. Greek philosophy. This is back to Jesus day. Greek philosophy and thought were extremely dominant in the Roman world and humanism and rationalism had advanced into deep layers of sophistication. Mm. The great philosophers of Greece had written volumes further entrenching the validity and wisdom of their brand of critical thinking and logic. This would be really, if you want to add another principality that works with Beelzebub, it's um, the Prince of Greece, what would be called the Prince of Greece, kind of a subservant of yeah. Beelzebub working day. This same thinking that got man kicked out of the garden was being mainlined to the entire world through its educational institutions. Astonishingly that, astonishingly, that foothold has remained virtually unchallenged to this day. Even the seminaries and Bible institutes that educate the leaders of God's people are often virtual fountains of the various intellectual packages of this Prince of Greece or this black horse. It's not something we need to be aware of in the future. It is already much more powerful and actively causing death and damage than most, most of us can possibly imagine. So here's, this is a good time as any to bring in a, a little example story. I spoke some years ago in a seminary in Lima, Peru, and I had a hundred seminarians. And I may have told some of this part of the story in the program a couple of years ago or not, but not necessarily in the way we're talking about it right now. But I took my shofar, which I don't have right here in front of me. <clears throat> I had my shofar and, and so I had a, a, you know, a, just a plan from God on how I was to proceed. And bringing a shofar into seminary is not really advisable. <laughs> it doesn't compute. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not like what you expect these collegiate university students. Okay, I see well, the picture. But it goes with, yeah. goes with what we're talking about. Yeah. So I go up and I hold a shofar and I said, in a little bit here, I'm going to blow a shofar. And they just kind of looked at me and it was, you know, not cool. And so <laughs> I said, but you're not ready for it yet. I said, I have to get you ready for me to blow the shofar. Well, you'll actually like it. And so then I began telling them, I said, listen, I told them this dynamic of how we're trained. It's intentional that we're trained to go with our left brain. It's really things get programmed into us. And it's away from our intuitive side, our spirit side. Um, that's why Jesus would say, repent, metaneo, doing about face. The kingdom of God is here. You're going to better process things differently the way you have been. The Greek way of processing with your left brain is not going to work. And so, and I, I began telling him, I said, I, I know I'm right what I'm saying, because it was really obvious to me. I said, I look at you. You all have been here. You're at the end of the year. 
you are the driest bunch I've seen all year. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> you, you look, you look joyless. You look uh, disconnected from presence, from spirit. Like Good for you, man. I can't even believe you. <laughs> well, it was so obvious and they, yeah. they had to just, they knew it. They, it was, it was, it was just terrible. Gee. So I said, <clears throat> I'm going to help you connect to, um, to the right side of your brain. So I taught them about that. And really there's a story of Jesus. If you remember, this is, it might as well tell this one too, because it, yeah. it adds more exciting to the story. If you remember in John chapter 21, when the disciples, Peter and the disciples went out fishing and they fished all night and they caught nothing. And then Jesus shows up and, you know, uh, re reminding you, Jesus wasn't the professional fisherman, Peter and the team were. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And so I said, you know, Peter discovered a tremendous harvest of fish when he followed Jesus instructions, even though he was still operating in the same boat, the same sea and on the same night. Uh, this is a metaphor reminding us there's nothing wrong with our God given brains as long as we learn to cast to the right. And there's a place for our left brains. God created them for a purpose, but they were never meant to dominate our right side. The right side is a part of us that has access to God's kingdom. It is the side that can have faith and interact with the supernatural God. I say there is no sign and wonder that has ever been activated through the left side of the brain, through the mind of logic, through the critical thinking, pros and cons, has never activated a miracle. Okay, now say that one more time. There's, there's no... so. Okay, go ahead. Just say it again. Just I'm gonna, I, process I'm, it. Gonna, I'm gonna say it in different ways, so it'll okay. be all right. You're right okay. to, to ask that because it's, yeah. it's a big enough deal. Yeah. But you will not the 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 mind of logic, the mind of critical thinking will never make room for a miracle. Okay. Faith is not an operation of the left side. It mm. is an operation of the right. You have to leave some sort of logic, of it normal logic. Faith does never follows a path of logic. So if you're committed to logic and critical thinking and thinking you're going to get to some high level truth from it, you're not. It never happened. Um, the, the children of Israel would never had made it to the promised land if they had believed that the Greek processing was a better way. It's like, what? We kill a lamb and we're applying his blood to our doorpost. How in the world does that stop death from coming? Then you have Moses lift your rod. And um, and so that's what's going to cause the rod. So, okay, and I'm going to throw this example out. So, and, and this is an actual real life. I was trying to explain the God's supernatural and the, some of the things he was saying from someone I used to go to school with. She And she said, well, and I've offered this for a couple of years. And she says, what I want to do is read all the words and get out my strongs and know what every single word means from the Greek or Hebrew. And I thought, we're never going to get there. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Well, yeah, and that I, can t I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, I have studied, I looked up every word in the Bible on faith, and I still can't seem to have faith. It's like you're trying to appropriate faith. Yeah. With your faith is a substance. And so what I'm, good. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is every step of obedience, every miracle, you had to do something counterintuitive. It's always counterintuitive. Your, your access point to a miracle is counterintuitive. That's it's good. never intuitive. And so 
it's uh, the only part of it that's intuitive. Is intuitive if it's if you make it intuitive to be. And so you know, when you say it's counter, another way of saying that is it's counter to your logic. It's counter yeah. to logical thinking. It's counter always, not occasionally, one hundred percent of good. the time. So lifting a rod, inspecting a river to open uh, a, a sea to open, that's illogical. It's not going to happen. The only way it is logical is like well, God said. That does become the superimposed logic intuition over everything. Is if if somebody wants to um, say that that's a logical point. What is a logical point to say? Listening to him, that's the idea of the garden, the tree of life, the tree of life. It's he said it, therefore it's wise. You don't have to go through the processes that Lucifer the serpent was inviting you. He said, no, you can actually process it yourself and say, well, here are the pros, here are the cons. Mm. And so you do that, never is their life, never is their fruit. You'll never grow a ministry in kingdom ways by leaning on that. So back to where we were. Cast your net to the right. Again, he's the professional fisherman. You just think through it. If you've been to the Sea of Galilee, we were just there. It's not very big. If you fished there all night, you've already turned and you've covered everything. It makes zero sense to cast but notice it didn't say cast to the other side, cast your net to the right side. That's right. So there was a, there was an instruction there. And so Peter had to submit his intelligence of fishing. It was a challenge. It was counterintuitive, counterlogical, foolish. It was foolishness for him. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that's why he, you know, he threw himself at Jesus feet. I'm not worthy of you afterwards because they almost sunk the boat with all the fish and it made no sense. It's like, just think about it. We were just there. The fish weren't there. What's going to make them go there right now? It's the spirit realm accesses abundance and things that can be imagined. And when you're locked in into intentional instruction, educational curriculum that says things need to make sense, like, yeah. no, you, you would never, you would never throw a net out there if you've been there all night. And you already know you've covered the water where you're going to do it again. You're like, no, that makes no sense. You will not reap a harvest. So it's why it's scarcity. It's famine. And that's why the nations live in scarcity and famine and why there's death from it, because that provision doesn't take place. We've shared our story of how we assisted Peru in going from 90% extreme poverty rate to 2.4%. The documentary will be coming out on it. and. All of it is counter counterintuitive, counterlogical from from day one, from announcing it's going to happen and announcing God's just going to do it and announcing that a desert that didn't even have one grape plant would be used in order to uh, export grapes to the United States. And then China makes no sense. But if he says it, if he says it, then it makes sense. So that's why this is. A massive, a massive truth. Now back to, okay, 100 seminarians. I'm telling them the way it works. I'm telling them the way their brain works. I'm telling them the way their instruction of the last year has worked. Wow. And I said, you've got all the scriptures down. You probably know way more scriptures. You know way more positions than you did when you started this a year. You're as dry as can be. You haven't experienced anything in the spirit realm. Gee. You've made no turn to the right. You've gotten, you've, you've, you've applied the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to your instruction in God and you're dry, and you have nothing. And then I said, so what we're going to do, uh, I'm, you know, and I had them. They were uh, they were listening because they knew it was true. 
So I had them. I said, we're going to do what Jesus told Peter to do. Cast your net on the right. Y'all ready to cast your net on the right? And so they were ready. I said, so first thing you're going to do, and I had them tell left side the brain, I appreciate you. You do good at telling me what time it is and keeping certain parameters. Um, but you will no longer run my life. You will now serve me. You will no longer rule over me. So they had to put, I said, put your hand on your left um, side and do that. And I said, now let's cast it. And I go, and I had them do this. And I'll cast your net to the right and say, right brain, I now give you permission to be the primary um, gatekeeper of my mind. And, you know, some statements with that. And I said, keep your hand there. And then I said, now you're ready for the shofar. So I blew the shofar and it was amazing. I think about half of them immediately sat down because the presence of the Lord was on them. Um, they didn't leave for an hour. They were, there was tears, healing, Elizabeth went around and, and uh, was given just words all over the, all over the place. And they didn't want to leave way. And they, they were all smiles and they were like, can you, can you teach more on wow. this? Can you do more on this dry seminarians. So that's why I say the body of Christ hasn't really come up on this very good as well. Where yeah. We're trying to intellectually um, ascertain and advance the kingdom of God when there's an aspect of it. It's never intended. Uh, it's not just an aspect of it, honestly. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It literally means with being run by critical thinking, being run by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember, is it knowledge of good and evil? <clears throat> there, there's a downside. It doesn't lead you to life. And so the part I'll just tell you now, just in case we get stuck somewhere, not being able to make our final point. If you know your life, if you're listening to me, and you know you live a dry life. There's a reason why. Um, the people who are the headiest, you know, brainiacs have to then go and do, they got to drink. They got to go. See, what do you do? You, when you drink, you, you, you start opening yourself up over to your Ooh. right side. You got to hear music. You got to go to shows. You have to do something because you will literally kill yourself. You're just dry. It's just meaningless life. Even to, to become a millionaire billionaire, because you were able to, you know, execute some left brain things. So, there is this, this need to try to experience. And that's what life in the spirit is supposed to provide for us. There's supposed to be I mean, his presence is fullness of joy. How about that scripture? It is in his presence, his fullness of joy at his right hand pleasures forevermore. This whole thing of the right Ooh. as well. And so you can just um, begin to tell your left brain that you need it now to serve. You can do the same thing, and you'll be amazed at how much better. Well, you know, and I'm just struck by this, and maybe it's a silly point, but I'm going, you you didn't exactly tell them to turn it off. You told them to use their left brain to send them over to the right. You, you basically were saying, think of this logically. Has it ever gotten you a relationship with the Lord? And they're kind of going, no, 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 no. That's kind of left brain thinking. And then you threw it, then you, you used it to launch to the right. It was interesting. Anyway, I just didn't. No, yeah. no, exactly. But they had to give it permission. I, yeah. what, it, what it was, the Lord get, graced me to share intellectually with them. That's good. Where, where they would allow their left brain to, to access the right. Yeah. Now, like if you just say, you know, if you can't explain it to them, that was the gift the Lord gave me for them. Yeah. Is, 
explain to them intellectually something that pleased their left brain enough <laughs> on how to give the right brain permission to engage the right nice. side. But it was casting the net to the right. Yeah. And it's literally where, uh, you know, I don't know if I've shared on here any time, but I used to have to just, I prayed for so many people at the end of meetings and specifically for prophetic stuff. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And there would be times I would like, man, I have, I have nothing else. I can't do this anymore. Or they'd bring up tape recorder after tape recorder after tape recorder. And because of the way the Lord taught me on this, I just had to do, I just, the Lord would remind me, this is not you bringing your information from your information bank. This is the open chimney to my realm. You can just remember that. So I would literally, <clears throat> it was funny, if I would just literally tap, tap myself on the right side of my brain, it would allow me to flow that way. The, all the way back to Sigmund Freud, Sigmund Freud. But Sigmund Freud yeah. realized you ask people questions and according to where you touched them on their head, that they would they would give you something in, in some sort of more logic or some sort of more emotional response. So he was learning things on things on that as well. So this is a major truth for the mountain of education, the curriculum we have to be, begin to produce. And even we're involved in doing some RISE curriculum. There are some things, some projects we'll tell you about more in the future, but we must begin to get our, our kids um, able to interact and act, stay in what is strong when they're five years old, which is uh, in the right side. It's, it's the processing where discernment stays in there mm. and feel and sense and, 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 and no truth from some other way other than just kind of um, going through the checklist of pros and cons because that's what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is. It's critical thinking, pros and cons. And we have lifted it up. We have exalted it even in the church, thinking that this is some higher way. It is not. It only matters. Critical thinking only matters if God is dead. And it only matters or if he's not on the job. He's not on or you can't hear from him. And that is a time. So you can, you know, it's like. Well, he's not speaking. I'm not hearing his voice. Okay, what are the pros and the cons? That's fine. You, you you do it. But you have to know you're not in the high level intelligence. Anytime you're resorting to pros and cons, you are in a lesser tree. You're not the tree of life. That's good. You know, yeah. The tree of life is stuff from him that even if it makes no sense, it makes no sense for Naaman. He had to process that. I have to dip in this unclean river, not even as good as our rivers in Syria, seven times. And and so, you know, his servant there said, Lord, if he had asked you uh, something complicated to do, would you have not? Yes, just do this. And so you find the Lord requiring of people to go this low road of what seems foolish, where you blow a shofar in order to have a breakthrough, where, the, where, where um, you know, Jesus spits in the eyes of a blind man. Well, you know, how does that make any logical sense that this guy can't see already? And so you're going to spit and put mud in his eyes. It's like counterintuitive. No. So, and it's almost like he, he never really ever did anything exactly the same twice. He just no. didn't. And that was even he, as the creator of mankind, knew that if he did the same thing twice, people would make a formula out of it, you know? It's exactly what he knew. And so the formula is this. What is the Lord saying? What's the Holy Spirit saying? Don't harm the oil in the wine. What's Jesus saying? What's the Holy Spirit saying? That's wisdom. 
That's the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea is where it's understood. That's the source of wisdom. That's what Joseph in the Old Testament, why he was given command of the economy for 80 years. They're like, he hears from God. It really doesn't matter if it makes sense. He hears from God and God is God. And so they just knew you had a whole heathen country that knew that whatever he was getting was better than anything they could process with all their wise men and wise things. This could, this will connect later yeah. with when we bring the horses, uh, the horse mage, which is about the wise ones and wisdom um, um, winning races. And again, I don't want to uh, go into the triple crown races. That'll be, we, we um, go into that later. Okay. So we're getting, uh, <coughs> we're getting the key truth out there. So here it is. Um, Amos chapter eight, verses 11 and 12. If, let's see if they can put that up here. Yeah. Amos eight, 11 and 12. There it is. Remember that this is even the way your basically your Bible, the third seal, scarcity on earth. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. Hmm. So the famine that is brought on through education and through the principalities doing what they do is a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Mm. So we have even believers. You've probably seen this uh, as well, Steve, but just pastoring for 15 years and everything else we've done in ministry. It's people like, I don't know how to hear from God, how to hear from, how do we hear from God? And it's not just, we're starting at point zero trying to hear from God, but we've exalted the mind of reason. We've exalted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We've exalted the left brainism that dominates. And, and so we can't hear. We can't hear. It's created a famine. And that's what the scripture is telling you. The famine you have to be aware of. You will not have solutions. You will not have presence. You will not get God's perspective. This is, that's, that's the devastation. That's the death that comes from the seal. And Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, they know it better than we do. It's like, Keep the people stuffed in their left brain. They will not have access to God's presence, his peace, his solutions, his outcomes. And so do it institutionally. Do it from first grade, kindergarten, and push the envelope. And every year they go more in there, make it be a a more and more uh, intense, steep incline into left brainism. And so by the time... They're out there. That's why the higher the education, the less likely they are to have a relationship with God, not because they're smarter. Well, and, you know, Johnny, the thing about that, too, is that it. Uh, when you went to Israel, they took you probably to the same places they took us, although I think yours was a special. They took us close to where the David was and his birth, his tomb and all that stuff. They had all these people uh, going back and forth reading the Psalms out loud. Did, did you go to that one this time? And they're going and they're like that. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're going in because they've been taught that they must say the words out loud. And it becomes very rote and very meaningless. There's no anointing in the room, but everybody's praying the Psalms or speaking the Psalms. And it supposedly is the right formula to do whatever, experience whatever. And it was devoid of any, any, any kind of anointing or Holy Spirit. And yet 
many people will will do just as much with the word. I'm going to use this because the same example. They would they would make a left brain activity with the word, and never get the spirit. Like you said, the woman said, "I kept," or the guy, whoever it was, looked up every possible word on faith, and um, yeah, I mean, there's so many things, the denominational things that most of us came through. Yeah. We made a left brain activity out of the word. Anyway, I just wanted to well, just point that out. You can do it with the word. Clearly, the Lord gave those instructions in the scriptures. And there is they could tell, by the way, a, a chapter is written that David, when he's reading, he's moving like this. And there is, uh, you know, repetition. But all the things that are being said that they're doing, they weren't intended to be able to do it just through left brain obedience. Yeah. It means to engage your spirit and your right brain. And so you kind of kill the whole you yeah. could kill the whole reason for um, for doing what you're doing. Yeah. So <clears throat> back to the famine from Amos 8, 11, 12. The famine is not just a problem among, among those who don't know God, but has greatly plagued God's people too. Christians have been, quote, discipled through an education system and through thought processes that reflect the black horse's anti-wisdom. The result <clears throat> is that we all, we have all sorts of contradictions. Oh. <clears throat> in our general Christian thought. We theoretically believe that God can speak to us while simultaneously warring against anything that carries the label prophetic or prophecy. One of the reasons prophecy and prophetic is so warred against in the household of God is because there is this stronghold of this left-brain Prince of Greece, Beelzebub thing. We all agree. That Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, but we limit his voice to whatever we can directly read from the scriptures. We need him to speak to us words about all aspects of real life daily. But our theology gives us little or no access to the tree of life. And therefore, by default, we are resorting to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We are reduced to critical thinking and a rationalism of simply weighing pros and cons, which is what? the knowledge of good and evil is all about. Mm. And of course, <clears throat> I'm almost done, so we're going to make this. So our entire supernatural inheritance is aborted through this line of thought. Beelzebub has packaged a special concoction of, quote, biblical principles, is what mm. you just said, yeah. and the mind of reason that has us living off the tree of death. God has sent us a famine of hearing his words, and he looks to see if we will break off the yoke of the black horse Hmm. so that we might live. When we access the one who is the tree of life, we don't need to know what the pros and cons are for a certain matter. So good. And let me get to... uh, That's just huge, the pros and cons. You know, that's so... I'm glad you put it in those terms because I did a lot of my uh, decisions in life before I, at least most of those were done before I ever got married 45 years ago. So, but anyway. Well, yeah. and, and you know what, Steve? I also have a, because uh, I grew up and my family really has a strong left brain as well. Yeah. I don't think it's wrong to say, to go before the Lord and say, now if I go by critical thinking pros and cons, it looks like this is the way I, I should go. But I also know that's absolute foolishness compared to listening to you. So if you speak nothing, this might be the direction I go. But I know only you have the words of life. You know, that that's the thing. 
But if I'm pretty sure, Steve, you look at your own life and anybody who's listening or watching, all the big breakthroughs, all the kingdom breakthroughs are going to be when you do something that seems illogical in some ways. And it's, I'm like, in it's my a, testimony, Johnny Wood, as God is my witness, every good thing that's ever happened to me, I stumbled into. I didn't even almost, I mean, I did pray and pray and pray, but it's then I, then I stumbled. And that's, it's like, that's how God showed me his will. Anyway. <clears throat> no, that's it. So Zechariah chapter nine and verse 13. I can't remember. I think I gave that scripture. If you have it, I'll begin to read it. Zechariah nine, chapter 13. For I have bent Judah my bow, fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you like the sword of a mighty man. So this speaks into that. I have bent Judah. Judah is praise, right brain, praise mm-hmm. the right brain when it's done right. In spirit and truth, when you praise and worship in spirit and truth, you give yourself. In fact, if you want to be able to do spirit and truth, praise, uh, um, you Say, Lord, I just give you, and you just kind of, you'll feel a release. Guys, just think of it as your chimney to the spirit realm coming out. You don't want to just be uh, stuck, stuck on the other side. I have bent Judah my bow, fitted the bow with Ephraim, which is double fruitfulness is what Ephraim means. So praise, double fruitfulness, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece. So he's saying he has a solution for this principality and what he does that tries. O Greece is about keeping you in your left brain. And made you like the sword of a mighty man. So you can begin to access a double portion of presence, a double portion of solutions. You know, even the scripture that talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't say try to have, you know, it says the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, names all these things. It doesn't mean try to have love, try to have this. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and, and think of it as something that's, you know, in your right side, the tree of the tree of life. And you're interacting there. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in you communing and talking will be that there is this fruit of love, joy, peace. It's not if you can write down the scriptures enough and concentrate on them. It's a whole new way of learning to access the spirit realm. So. <clears throat> The sons of Greece have not only ruled in the world's education institution, they have also dominated in Christian educational institutions, Mm -hmm. including seminaries and schools that train pastors. As someone who recently received his doctorate in theology said, I got my doctorate and almost lost my faith in the process. Mm -hmm. That is something you'll hear quite often. Why is it that if you go into your PhD, divinity PhD, you, you you become a person that will no longer even exercise faith. And I'm saying there can be exceptions, but you have to make an intentional um, um, decision to be ignoring what you're being trained because the PhD, again, it, this stronghold, this, this black horse, the writer on the black horse and how we get educated, how we grow in knowledge, this thing has been released. It is creating death at all levels. And it's training our pastors and leaders to think in a way that leaves them outside of how they would receive the good things from God. Okay. So I'm going to explain this one more time. The picture here 
issue here is left brain Greek thinking versus right brain Hebraic thought. And it has extremely practical implications for the battle we wage. Our natural brain is composed of two specific spheres that operate in entirely different manners. The Greek way of thought takes place entirely in our left brain processor. It is logical and sequential. It is the source of human reason. But the Hebraic way of thought pulls much more on our right brain processor, which is, there's a reason why you, we were just there in, in Israel as well. The Hebrew, they read from right. Um, it's the only language, I believe it's the only language that... I, I think in the Islam, the Arabic, Arabics also, I think, read from right to left, if, I'm, if I got my facts you, right. You might, be, you might be right. Yeah. But you find the ones that can access... But they are both of sons of Abraham in, yeah. by blood, you know, by blood. So, and, and we're just telling you even that, it's not accidental. That is yeah. spirit steered and led. That's that zygos, that yoke that they set an algorithm so yeah. that we're always going left. Yeah. They were going left. Um, this is why John the Baptist and Jesus both came saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Greek word for repent is metaneo, which literally means to change the way you are thinking. It's amazing. That's how he was announced. We read in Romans 12, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, the renewing yeah. way we're, we're thinking. Um, <clears throat> this was not an instruction to apologize for your sins because Jesus is here. That's not what John the Baptist was saying. It was a word to the sons of Greece culture that to see and receive what Jesus had, they would need to switch from left brain to right brain thinking. And so we already told the story of uh, that just lays it out, you know, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And that's where he saw uh, the fruit. And so the black horse on this mountain, therefore, has a relatively simple strategy. Keep people in bondage to the left brain processor. The strategy gives us a lot of insight into the practical mission we have in our educational institutions. It's not just a mouth Christian platitudes and get people saved. We must reform the institutions built on left brainism and create and develop curricula that engage our right brain in very practical ways. The lamb already did all he needed to break the seal, and he has provided the sword of a mighty man. All we need to do is formally remove the one who has lost all authority and has no right to continue uh, functioning. So, and I won't go into a couple other things we had there, because I feel like I just wanted to repeat enough things, because it's a yeah. new idea, new concept. Um, but this is this is practical for if you're involved in the mountain of education. It goes into understanding your assignment. You have to, uh, the problem even with educators that I found, those who are, we even um, have interacted with on the mountain of education you would think they're the, be the ones that know the most on how we should bring the seven mountains in, but they're not unless they have understood and recognized the enemy's operation there because they have been trained and raised and rewarded for being strong left brainers. By rewarded, all even our salary structure in society is designed to reward left brainism yeah. more than anything. So you have the brainiacs, they get the, the money. And then you have the creatives. They'll talk about the starving creatives. So you don't get rewarded unless you're the, you know, the less than 1% who becomes a star there in some way. So we have a whole system that has been being rigged by the enemy. And it's one of the seals. We're not waiting for it. It's already the way they kill, steal, and destroy. And we have to recognize it. And there's practical application for freedom 
and there's corporate applications. Can I, can I ask you one practical application on that? Because I, um, I'm a little bit this way myself, but I'm, there are people in my bloodline above and below, whatever. They're <laughs> mathematicians by nature. They're phys physicists by nature. They're astronomy, not astrology. They're astronomy. They know math and formulas. That's the way they, that's their go-to language. They live in this language. How do they make the bridge? You say, I want you all to learn to live by faith. What can you tell people that are in that? And they, that's all they know, how to get to the other side. Well, this, this instruction is part of it. Again, okay. to the degree they could listen to this and give them yeah. an idea uh, that little that little, you know, we'll say testimonial yeah. of meeting with the seminarians. That's true. That has registered for people before when they hear that. The story of Peter and understanding the dynamics there. Peter violated critical thinking in order to get a harvest. Peter violated the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to get a big harvest. Everything Jesus did was always a violation. You do not, um, his first miracle, we, we, we know that, you know. Yeah. So there's 180 gallons of wine. You do not start producing wine from water. You do not start um, that with, you know, That's five, true. six containers uh, empty first and then water. And so there's an insight there. The people actually executing the miracle were the servants. They're the ones that were following instructions. If you'll follow his instructions that are counterintuitive, it'll connect you with the supernatural realm. If you'll follow his instructions that are counterintuitive, when he has said it, not when you just made it up, but when he has said it, you follow counterintuitive instructions, and then the miracle begins taking place. And so then the, the second one on there is feeding the 5,000. It was, there was, you know, it's like, wow, how did he do that? Well, the miracle actually happened in him finding the, the boy. That's where the disciples were, the five loaves and two fishes. That's where the miracle that's number one, where it's happening. It's violent. It's like, how is five loaves and two fishes? Uh, again, that makes no sense. They wanted to stop the, the search. You know, it's like, come on, Jesus, this is not going to happen. Then number two, he had them sit in groups of 50. Can you imagine the disciples? You have 20,000 people, maybe with children, women and children. And it's like, shouldn't you do the bread first? And before we know that we need to divide it. I mean, if you look uh, all people, Jesus' work. That's what I mean, he they said. We've toiled all night. I don't know if this is the same, same or the, after Jesus was resurrected. We toiled all night, but nevertheless, at thy word, we'll do this. You have to, it's fine to acknowledge that it makes no sense, right? It's completely it's, acceptable to say this makes no sense, but I'm going to do it. Because you and said, so you see, even because, yeah, that's that's the, the, the boat story we're, we're reading. Peter's thinking that he's like, this makes zero sense. I'm the professional fisher, and he's not. I've also covered this whole lake already. That's not hard to see when we've been there. It's like, if you fish all night in the Sea of Galilee, you've pretty much covered the whole Sea of Galilee. <coughs> or you can. And he's like, but I also remember he's the one that said, Lazarus, come forth. So he has some memories. He's the one yeah. that fed 5,000. He's the one when I needed money for my taxes, he said, because that was, I don't know if people get that. When Peter didn't have money for his, money for his tax, taxes, the Lord said, go f fish. But he, if, if you follow it out, it doesn't say fish with bait. There's, there's a, if you get the whole story what's taking place, if there's a fish down there that likes shiny things. So you let your shiny thing down and he'll grab it. 
and he'll have because he likes shiny things he'll already have a gold coin in his mouth oh that's good so if you fish with bait you'll never catch him so you have to fish with no bait because this is a different fish it's only a different fish that's going to give you the gold so there's again wisdom from on high wisdom from on high wisdom from on high this is what he's making available for us and the system we have operated in is in, intentionally designed to keep us dumber because yeah. it's separating us from the source of true yeah. life, true possibilities. And I, and if it, it's, it strikes me that it strikes me that you know, this is a phrase that's coming into my brain, but it strikes me we were made, we were created to be illogical in Christ or in the Lord. He will always require faith, which is the opposite of logic. So, yeah, I mean, right? Well, and in that, Steve, it's right. But on the other hand, there's another way to look at it, that it's actually the simplest logic on the planet. If okay. God says it, it's wise. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's it's like when you're trying to find what wisdom is. Wisdom doesn't come about by because a process went through. Wisdom is not checks and balances, critical thinking, going through this list, and okay, we now we know where, no, wisdom comes because he said it, he's the tree of life, and and that's, that's the goal, that's the point, and that's who we have access to, and that's what we want to even teach our kids, we want to, that's what's being revealed through the whole quantum world, now that has the whole scientists in a mess and baffled, and is that the quantum realm has revealed that all possibilities are actually at all times available. And they're like, how does that make, it doesn't make, they're frying their left brain, trying to figure that's out right. what, that's why I say, this is where AI is going. The, the, what the quantum world started, which is dinging, I'm telling you, the, the thinkers, the scientists, the, the, the uh, chemists, uh, the uh, whatever the experts of all the quantum field, they're getting their brain smashed in, trying to process the illogical nature of the quantum world. Yeah. The quantum world operates by if you see something, you can activate it. And that makes no sense to uh, to people. And then if you yeah. can't see it, it'll stay closed. And that's just that's huge. It's like if you by looking at something that you weren't looking at, it will begin to behave different. If your eyes only see it, it will behave differently. It's like it's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> stuff. It's crazy thinking. It's probably anyway. uh, well, John, you maybe you to feel like uh, you've got enough voice left to pray for the people as we. Kind of close out here. Did we, yes. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> Let me do that. In yeah. fact, just that, you know, for those who want to, um, and you can walk through and, and put your hand on your left side. If you want, say, left brain, you will now serve me and not rule over me. So that just, in fact, if you practice that every day, you'll begin to shift out of being a brainiac and into fruitful fields of the Lord. Prophetic gifting can never grow if you keep a strong uh, left brain uh, as ruler in your life. That's just if you want to know that as far as being able to see pictures and hear things. So then you just go, I now choose to cast my net to the right. And let's pray. <clears throat> yeah. Or do we just thank you that in your presence is fullness yeah. of joy at your right hand. Yeah. You didn't say it both hands. You said it your right hand. Yeah. Pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. And so this is where we can experience you. Mm -hmm. This is where we can know you. This is we can, where we can feel the
the fruit of a relationship with you. Love, joy, peace. I thank you for those that are doing this right now. They're feeling peace. Peace is not a concept. Peace is something. Joy is something. Love is something. And we can do this exercise on a regular basis and begin to develop an appetite for the things that are readily available for us, Lord. The tree of life is is ours. You are the source of life. And your words are perfect words. And your words are words with no limitations. Thank you, Lord, for releasing encouragement right now to those who have the hand on the right hand. Encouragement, hope, joy, peace. In Jesus' name over you. And let your body be healed as well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Johnny. Give our love to Elizabeth. Uh, we're going to get uh, moving because I got we got to do another show in this afternoon that will air tomorrow. So everybody, you just we just bless you. Have a great day. Uh, just did you start to say some? You got some announcements to make. We'll see yeah. if that can be said, Elizabeth, real quickly. So as not to you know, um, not to upset the fourth member of the Trinity. No, it's not really fourth member. It's my wife. <laughs> restore seven. Restore seven. Rumble channel. Echoing a new narrative uh, in government. On our Up for Discussion, we just did an interview that we just released, and it's uh, echoing a new narrative in government. And so and then we're about to announce to you, um, we're starting our RISE tour, the 50-state tour, July 1st, the factory in Franklin. And go to our website and sign up for, on the email list, restore7.org. And so um, if you want more information on that and how how that's going so thank you steve for allowing me to do that You're very welcome so mike thompson will be with us tomorrow if i didn't say that in my notes they may be saying i didn't say all right everybody god bless you have a great day and we will see you tomorrow bye-bye this has been elijah streams thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can listen to the elijah streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on apple google and spotify Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.